I want to talk to you today about a woman in the Bible. Her name is Ruth. I love the story of Ruth. It's a short book in the Bible, just four chapters. And it's this characteristic, this character quality of Ruth. That it was something on the inside of her that gave her the grace and it gave her the power to deal with loss. Matter of fact, you show me somebody that deals with loss well today and I'll show you that same characteristic. There was a faithfulness in Ruth. Faithfulness is defined as steadfast in affection or allegiance. Firm in adherence to promises. Full of faith. Faithfulness. All right, let me give you a backdrop. All right, here it is. The book of Ruth. I know we've got a lot of people, a lot of new people in the church, those watching online as well. So I'm going to give you a little backdrop to the book, and then we're going to jump into chapter one. Here it is. There's a guy. His name is Elimelech. All right? He's married to a woman named Naomi. They live in a city called Bethlehem. Modern-day Israel, that city's still there. The county or the parish, for those of you in St. Tammany or Orleans, you know parish, those in Atlanta or different places, there's counties, Mississippi County. So the county or the parish is Judah. The city is Bethlehem. The nation is ancient Israel. Same nation today, modern-day Israel, all right? So this guy... Elimelech and his wife, Naomi, they have, watch this, they have two boys. The problem is their homeland in Bethlehem, there was a famine that came. And they were short on food. They, they, they didn't have resources. And, of course, it's a concerned dad, a concerned mom, a young family. They thought, hey, we've got to go somewhere and we've got to get food. Well, they hear about, they hear about a, another country, another area that has food. It's called Moab. So one day, Elimelech comes home from work and says, hey, guys, we're going to all pick up, and we're actually going to move today. Yes, today, Dad, we're moving today. Where are we going? We're going to Moab. Why? Why, Dad? Because we need to eat. Matter of fact, I have a map, and I want to pull it up at all of our locations and online as well, and I'll show you just so you can see that. Real simple. You see Bethlehem? Bethlehem's the city. The parish or county's Judah. The nation of Israel, ancient Israel, same as today, modern-day Israel. They go north over the Jordan River, and they actually come down into a nation in Bible times called Moab. Today, we would call it modern-day Jordan. All right? Across the Jordan River, hence the name today, the nation called Jordan. Well, they get there, and they find jobs, and they start doing life, and of course, the boys are growing up a little bit. And one day, the boys go to the dad and the mom, Elimelech and Naomi, and say, Mom, Dad, listen, um, seems like we're going to be here a long time. So we were just wondering, you know, would it be okay? I don't see a lot of Jewish people around, but would it be okay? Could we, like, have girlfriends and actually marry Moabite women? Are you guys okay? Because I know we're not supposed is that okay? And they're like, yeah, we're going to be here a long time. That's fine. That's fine. So the boys, they go out and they marry two Moabite women. One of their names is Orpah and the other one is Ruth. So there's a guy, Elimelech, married to Naomi, two boys, and they marry two Moabite women. They're now living there because they're eating food, working jobs, Orpah and Ruth. And everything is happily ever after, right? Not exactly. 
Unfortunately, the Bible doesn't tell us why or how, but Elimelech dies. Naomi's husband dies. The father-in-law to the two girls. Unfortunately, out on top of that, the two boys die. The Bible doesn't tell us how. So now what you've got is you've got the woman, the Jewish woman, Naomi, who's living in, quote, Moab, modern-day Jordan, and all of a sudden, the husband, Elimelech's dead, and the two boys are dead. So it's the mother-in-law and the two daughters-in-law, and they look at one another. And they have a conversation. What do you do with loss and disappointment? Ruth chapter 1 Ruth chapter 1, verse 14. <clears throat> then they lifted up their voices and they wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law. But Ruth clung to her. And she said, look, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following you. For wherever you go, I will go and Mom, wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people, your Jewish people, they're, they're my people now. And your God, I, you taught me about God. Your God is now my God. And where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. The Lord do so to me and more also. If anything but death parts. In other words, I'm sticking with you. <clears throat> so the Bible says that one of the daughters-in-law Orpah comes up to Naomi and says, listen, because Naomi tells them, look, girls, you need to go back. I'm going back to Israel. I heard there's food. I'm moving back. She's alone, but she's moving back. And, and, and here it comes Orpah. She comes up to her and she kisses her. And she goes, thank you, you've been amazing, but I'm a young lady and, 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 and I'm, I, I'm I'm not going to stay with you, but I love you. You are amazing. You are a great mother-in-law, but I'm going to go back to my people. You okay with that? I love you. Goes back. But Ruth had a different response. Ruth comes up to her, doesn't just kiss her, but hugs her. Not only hugs her, clings to her, the Bible says, and says this. Watch this. Wherever you go, I go. Your people are my people. Your God is my God. By the way, the only thing that's separating us is death. I want to talk to you about God-given relationships. Does God give people relationships that are that powerful? Number one, the most important relationship you have is with God. Nothing should come above that. Anything above that is called idolatry in the Bible. But number two, those of you that are married, the second most important relationship in your life is your spouse, covenant before God. But number three, not as an acquaintance, but number three, not as a casual friend, number three is a God-given divine relationship. I wonder if we've not seen fully the importance of that. I want to talk to you about three keys to relationships because what I found is is that when you go through loss, when you go through disappointment, when you experience those things in life, often it's the relationships that God has given you that helps you to go through that loss. Number one, keys to building God-given relationships. Number one, embrace 
God-given relationship, embracing it requires discernment. It's going to require discernment on your part and my part. The fact is, is that we've got to hear God. There's people, there's casual relationships we all encounter at work, at the gym. What's up? You look good. How's those abs? Amazing. At work. How you doing? High five. Did you hit your quota? It's happening. Those are casual relationships. They're good. By the way, covenant relationships, God-given relationships, it may start there, but it doesn't stop there. It takes a step up and then a step up and then a step up. And so what does it require? On our part, it requires discernment. In Bible times, it would be catastrophic for a young woman to be without her husband. In Bible times, they would often be relegated to a life of poverty and destitution. And so this was a major, major, major thing. And the risk that Ruth had to somehow follow Naomi to a foreign land, a foreign people, a foreign place with no guarantees was a big gamble. She discerned something in that relationship. Question, is there any God relationships in your life? I'm not talking about God himself, your primary. I'm not talking about your covenant relationship with your spouse, which should be second. I'm talking about, is there any God relationship where you say, you know what? You know something? God brought this person to my life. And you know what? There's a seed of destiny in that relationship. Ruth saw that in Naomi. She discerned, I'm not letting go. Look at verse 16. But Ruth said, entreat me not to leave you or to turn back following after you. For wherever you go, I go. Wherever you lodge, that's where I'm lodging. Your people are my people and your God is my God. You've taught me about God, mother-in-law. I'm not leaving you. Let me ask you a question. Is that... Is there a grip in your heart when you know of a God relationship in your life? Maybe in your small group. Maybe somebody that was acquaintance, but, but you become a prayer partner with. Somebody that has encouraged you to, to pursue Christ. They, they've helped you in your life. They, they've helped to become a safe spot for you to be able to process your life. And they've loved you. By the way, they've multiplied and added to your life. They've not divided and subtracted from your life. It requires God discernment. And I don't know how many, I can't quantify it. I don't know how many people you end up having like this. Is it 10? Is it 5? I don't know. But I do know this. God relationships are powerful. I believe God brings some relationships into your life that are so important. Somehow your destiny is, is intertwined and connected to it. It's not your relationship with God. It's not your relationship with your spouse. But boy, your destinies, it's just linked into it. I think of the relationships that over the years that God has brought into my life. Many of you have heard about Pastor Doug. I've known him 35 years. He was my Bible study leader. I was 12. He was 40. <laughs> Some of the other campuses don't get that. But anyway, so little did I know I was in that Bible study one day that we work on the same church staff together. There's many relationships. Y'all saw Pastor Jacob a couple weeks ago. And, and there, there's, there's, there's so many. And by the way, by the way, by the way, and I'm going to talk about this point too. God, just because it's a God relationship doesn't mean you have to work at it. By the way, you actually have to work more at it. Yeah. Question. Is there any God relationship in your life? Do you see the seeds of destiny in that relationship? Again, not every relationship 
has the God Connect level. I'm not talking about everybody, but there are those relationships that are so important. They are God covenant relationships. And there's something about your destiny that's just tied up in them. Number two, embracing God-given relationships requires courage. Look at Ruth chapter 1, verse 15. And she said, look, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. Here's what she's saying. Girls, listen, I'm an older lady now. I'm not producing any more sons. You need to go find a husband. That's what she said to her. What can I do for you? By the way, by the way, a God relationship is a God relationship whether or not that relationship still produces for you. Yeah. Everybody loves that, right? When things are great, they're amazing, everything's awesome, but, but, but what if things shift just a little bit? The fact of the matter is, is that a God relationship requires you to discern it, but it also requires some courage to stay with it. To stay with the highs, to stay with the lows, to, to stay with the good times. Everybody's in when it's good. But how about when it's not good? When it's not happening the way it, well, Ruth saw something. She goes, you know what? <laughs> I'm sticking with you. It took courage. Somebody that has faithfulness in their heart. They, they, there's, a, there's a quality that, that I would call an indomitable quality. There's something that, that they just, there's a strength in them where they're able to just stay in the game. Work through things. Confront when necessary. Deal with things, but they're in the game. Not just when it benefits them. It's reciprocal. But there's times, how I many you know relationships, sometimes there's a lot more giving than receiving. Yeah. Ruth made a choice. Can you imagine when they walked back into Bethlehem? The Bible actually says this. Oh, we saw the girl. We saw Naomi. It's good to see you. They go back. There's food there. Good to see you. It's amazing. Where you been? Hey, where's Elimelech? He's what? Oh, he's, he died. Man, I am so sorry about that. I'm so sorry for your pain. I am so sorry. Where's those boys? Good looking boys. Well, they've, they've died too? Oh, wow. That's a lot. Well, who's, who's, who's her? Who's that lady? She's a Moabite. She didn't talk like us. Can you imagine the courage? Can you imagine the courage that Ruth had? She's walking in town. How y'all doing? Everybody's going. She's from the other side. It took courage for her to stay in the game. By the way, it takes courage. By the way, not everybody's going to be excited when you start following Jesus either. Not everybody's going to be excited when you make the right choices. Not everybody's going to be excited when you surround yourself with people that add and multiply and help press you into what God has for your life. I remember when I gave my heart to Christ. I got saved. and I was in college. I was radically giving my heart to Jesus. And I, I grew up, I had three friends that were very close. There's four of us, very close. I mean, just from young kids and, and different sets of friends. But these three guys... We, Seven years. We were together every, every weekend. And <clears throat> so I remember when I gave my heart to Jesus. And, of course, you know, I thought everybody was going to be excited. They weren't. Steve, what's up? Uh, you going to come hang out? What's up? What's up? 
No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to a Bible study. A Bible study? We believe in God? Yeah, we, we, we got all that. No, no, I'm going to go to a Bible study. I'm, I'm, I'm learning the Bible. I've got some, some friends. I'm, what about us? Well, I, I, I like y'all, but, but I'm, I'm, I'm getting with some people that, listen, well, why, you, why, why, did you, why did you leave us? Why are you, I didn't leave you. You didn't come with me. Ooh, that was a nugget. You, you, you didn't come with me. No, you have an opportunity to press into Jesus, too. I'm not leaving you. I'm trying to pull you, but you don't want to go this way. And so I'm going to go learn about the Bible where I know about God and, and I can grow in God. Well, what do you mean? See, you're, you're missing out. You don't want to, I'm missing out on what? What am I missing out on? By the way, not everybody's going to be excited when you start aligning yourself with people that push you towards God. What am I missing out on? Missing out on what? Going out, getting drunk, throwing up, forgetting what I did the night before, or learning about Jesus in a Bible study. Some of y'all needed to hear that. Well, I don't like that preacher. I don't care. You need to hear it. That was amazing. Don't remember what happened, man. We're learning about God. Yeah. Everybody say courage. It takes courage to follow God. It takes courage to pursue godly relationships. Stay in the game. Next week, I'm going to be talking about Joshua. I love Joshua, one of my favorite characters in the Old Testament. I, matter of fact, I've taught through the book of Joshua several times. Joshua chapter 1, verse 9, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Why did he need courage? He's about to become the pastor of a million-person church. He needed courage. You know what discouragement is? It's when courage goes out of you. You know what encouragement is? It's when courage goes into you. Faithfulness, watch this, is marked by a courageous person. person with courage is able to stay in the game. Faithful to God and faithful to the covenant relationships that God has surrounded them with. It takes courage. It does. We see this throughout the scripture. Elijah and Elisha. Paul and Timothy, David and Jonathan, Ruth and Naomi. And by the way, it takes courage to hang in there when there's an offense in that relationship. Do you know how many times the close friends of mine where I've had a, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. By the way, I'm sorry is cheap until you say I was wrong. You do realize that. I'm sorry if you just go stay there. I'm sorry is basically, let's relieve the pain. Are we good? I'm wrong as an admission of transgression. Oh, wait, another level. Please forgive me. Wow. You know how many times I've had to say, I mean, I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. Please forgive me. No, I was, I was wrong. I was wrong. Can, can we do that? Can we practice? It's going to be hard for some of y'all. Y'all ready? Here we go. At the count of three, I was wrong. You ready? One, two, three. I was wrong. <sighs> Because our culture, you can't say that. A victim will never admit it they're wrong. Everybody else is wrong. And they put me there. There's no personal ownership, though. Yeah. You know how many times I've had a... You know many times Doug's had apologized to me because he was wrong? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Trust me, I've apologized to Doug. I've apologized to Dr. Greg Mueller. I've apologized to Pastor Jacob. I've apologized to all the men that have been with me for years. Because there's times where I've been wrong. Oh, but if you don't see the pearl, you just walk away. I'm just taking my glove and I'm taking off. Yeah. 
You can do that and be isolated. Wow. Ruth was faithful because she hung in there. By the way, small groups, that's why. Small groups don't produce relationships. Small groups facilitate the possibility of having relationship. You can't just show up at a small group. Where's the relationships? You gotta like talk to somebody. You know what I'm talking about? It's like, what if I go to relationship? What if I go to a small group? Everybody's weird. Well, go to another one. You've heard me say this before. What if you go to another one? Everybody's weird. Go to another one. A third group, you're weird. You see what I'm saying? In other words, at some point in time, there's one common denominator. You understand that. So I went to I went to church king, I got in a small group. I didn't, there's no relationships there. You gotta talk to people. You got to break the sound barrier called speech. That was funny. I made that up. I've never said that before. Ever. It was dropped right here. Everybody say courage. Number one, it takes discernment. Yeah. It's a God relationship. Number two, it takes courage. All right, number three. Here it is. Here it is. Embracing God-given relationships Produce destiny. Watch this. This is so powerful. So Ruth and Naomi finally get back to Bethlehem city. Parish, county of Judah, nation of Israel. And they start integrating in a society. Ruth chapter 2 verse 1. There was a relative of Naomi's husband, a man of great wealth of the family of Elimelech. And his name was Boaz. Actually, Boaz is what the Hebrew call, culture calls, <clears throat> watch this, a kinsman redeemer. Now, I want everybody, every one of our campuses, look right here. I'm going to give you a minute, a 90 second. This is a huge theological concept. I'm going to just boil it real quick down. Here it is. You ready? Here's what a kinsman redeemer is. Someone that is next of kin. All right, watch this. To an individual is not only has the right, but the requirement to marry the widower, okay, the widow, to do what? To redeem and reclaim and to bring them back into relationship, what? To be able to produce a posterity for that family. Does that make sense? Very simple, very deep, but very simple explanation. Naomi's husband, Elimelech, watch this, watch this. Boaz is related to him. Naomi, by virtue of the marriage, is connected to him. He's gone. She's in. Boaz is connected to Naomi. Guess what Naomi says? She's a strategist. She does scenario planning for her company. She goes, hey, Ruth, you're young, you're good looking, and um, there's a guy out there who's next to kin to me. And he's got to notice you first. And when he notices you, I'm going to give you the strategy. He, he really, he's going to marry you. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. Trust me in this. So go out in the field, glean. Be by everybody else. Okay, go for it. She goes out, comes back. Goes, go. She finally said, Mom, she calls her mom. She goes, Mom, he noticed me today. Well, how, did you notice him back? Yes got two ways here so what do you do go do it again okay do it go, go go do it again 
Now, everybody in the city, everybody, by the way, let me just, this is a posit, P-O-S-I-T, a little, here it is. I love the fact that Naomi is so insistent upon setting up the next generation for success. By the way, you know what I love about Church of King? You know what I love about all of you guys? Is that this church is committed to setting the next generation up for success. How many of y'all agree with that? Isn't that powerful? By the way, that's, what we do. that's why we do what we do for your kids, the young kids, the junior high kids, the high school, and even college. Why? Because we believe it's our responsibility, Naomi's all over the place, to set our kids up for success. Well, you know what happens. Boaz finally, the connection happens. He redeems the land, buys Naomi's land. And with that, he brings, watch this, Ruth unto himself, and they get married. Now watch this, watch this. Kinsman redeemer. Guess what their child's name was? Remember what I said. Remember what I said. Every God relationship has a seed of destiny in it. You got to see this. I'm not talking about acquaintances. A seed of destiny. They have a child. Guess what their name is? Obed. Obed has a child. Guess what his name is? Jesse. Jesse has a child. Guess what his name is? David. As in King David. Guess who Jesus, what line he came from? Through David. Listen to me. What would have happened... Now, this is so deep theological. Again, I'm not conjecturing. All I'm saying is this. Ruth positioned herself, and her faithfulness kept her in the game, and that she was part of producing something and someone great. Don't tell me that relationship's not important. It's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. Oh, I know it's going to be hard. And I know you got to do that. I'm sorry. I was wrong. Please forgive me. Let's work through this. But it's worth it. You know who Boaz is? Boaz is a picture of Christ. And he's the picture of the ultimate redeemer. Watch this. Who purchases and brings us unto himself. Gives us dignity. Gives us worth. Gives us a purpose. I'm not sure where your relationship with God is. Maybe you've never trusted Christ. Matter of fact, I'm going to ask everybody to bow their heads, all of our locations right now. If you do not know Jesus, there is a kinsman redeemer. His name is Jesus, and he died on the cross for you. To redeem you, to love you, to forgive you, to cleanse you, and to make you new. Do you know Christ? Do you know that you know if you die today that you're ready to stand before God? In just a moment, the count of three, I'm just going to ask for a show of hands. I promise you I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to stand and come forward, but right where you are, God's talking to you. He loves you. I'm going to ask those that are online to be able to share in the chat in just a moment what Christ is doing in your heart. If you say, Pastor, pray for me. I need Christ. I'm not sure about my relationship with God. I'm not sure if I die today that I'm ready to stand before God. If that's you, the count three, I'm going to ask you to put your hand up high so I can see it. You ready? One, two, three. Quickly put your hand up high. Pastor, I need Christ. I'm not where I need to be with God. God bless you, sir. God bless you, ma'am. 
Anybody over here? God bless you. God bless you as well. God bless you, ma'am, right there. God bless you, sir, right there. Yeah. God bless you guys. Pastor Steve, pray for me. I need Christ. I'm not where I need to be with God. Is there anybody else? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, son. Right there. God brought you here today, buddy. He loves you and cares about you. Yeah. Let's pray. Church, can we pray with those that are trusting Christ right now? There's just a sweet sense of God's presence. God loves you. He's not mad at you. He wants to save you. Let's pray together. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you today, a sinner in need of a Savior. Say, Jesus, I repent of my sin. I let go of my past, and I turn to you. I turn to the cross. Say, Jesus, wash me with your blood. Give me a new heart, a new life, a new reason to live. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for the sealing work of the Holy Spirit and the word of the living God taking root deep in the hearts of your people. Wow, what an incredible message. I love how God blessed Ruth so much because she stepped out in faith and trusted him in a really hard time of her life. And I just want to take a second for anyone that feels like God is stirring something in your heart right now. And maybe you want someone to pray with you so that you can receive faith like Ruth and become an overcomer. And right now in the chat, there's people that would love to pray with you and just be with you in this time. Yeah, in fact, if you're here today and you're making a decision to follow Jesus for the first time, we just want to celebrate you and say congratulations. That's a big deal. In fact, the Bible says that you're made new, you're, you're set apart, you're, you're free, you're forgiven, and you're loved, washed clean by the blood of Jesus. And we couldn't be more excited for you. In fact, we, we want to just encourage you, if you are making that decision, go ahead and text DECISION to 822-822, or you can discuss that with someone in the chat right now. They'd love to help you and give you some resources on how to walk out this new life with Christ. Yes, and if there is any of you that have been walking with Jesus for a while now, I want to encourage you with something. If you haven't already joined our online dream team, we would love for today to be your day to start. We have our next step videos on demand so that you can watch them at any time that's most convenient for you. And yes, so if you have a heart um, to serve others with the love of Jesus, this is your next step. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, we're, we're so glad you decided to join us here at Church Online, here at Church of the King. We're so excited as we continue our series entitled Inside Matters. We'll see you guys. We love you so much. We'll see you same time. Same place. Have a good week.